is there such a thing as an African identity? So my argument is that we probably should be thinking about African identities and African affinity. But probably one of the reasons that we have been uh, corralled into the notion of an identity, I have a couple of theories. The one is survival. So as a way of surviving colonial incursion, economically, politically, um, spatially, into, um, relating to land invasion and the ongoing land occupation, and, and of course culturally. So uh, the idea of then having an African identity has been, I think, a, a sort of a way in which we have tried as African people to relate to each other's struggles because in many respects our struggles are very similar. The second, I think, is also a way in which the, you know, the West has framed African people, the African continent, the African region as a homogenous blob of, 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 of humanity rather than as, as multiple, multi-layered, complex, as you say, languages, people, um, cultures, um, ways of thinking, philosophies, sciences, technologies, um, medical philosophies, all sorts of things, religions, and so forth and so forth. And thirdly, I think it's also because of the way that the world is clustered. So in, in, in terms of an African identity, it was, um, it was, it was a resistance against the, the, the idea that um, by people like Nkrumah and others, the, the third way, so the, the so-called third world originally wasn't derogatory. It was actually a way of either being part of the, you know, the, the United States pole or the Russian pole, the Soviet pole at the time. So in, 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 the, in the world of bipolar um, politics, Africa, this was, you know, certain countries identified themselves as an African bloc or a third world bloc. So I think that these are the reasons why in many respects we have somehow begun to, we have, we have fallen into the idea that we have to be one being. Um, but I think that affinity is probably a more appro- appropriate way of identifying ourselves, African affinities. So when we talk about African and, and just being African, what does it actually mean to be African? Because I don't think this is something that we necessarily pause to think about because we are African. But what does it actually mean if I had to explain that to someone else? That's such a complex and interesting question, and I don't. And you're right. I think it's something we inherently we assume is inherent and instinctive. And I'll give. A- um, that, that I've used before, that, which is that when, you, when we meet as people across the world, there is an excitement, there is a joy. If I meet somebody who's Kenyan, um, Ethiopian, Nigerian, uh, Lebanese, uh, Sudanese, whatever, wherever in the world, there is an inherent joy and there's an inherent affinity and there's also there's an inherent understanding of each other, which other regions do not have. So I don't think somebody who's Filipino gets excited because they have now seen somebody who's Bangladeshi, um, you know, halfway across the conference hall. But I think that when we speak about Africanness, it speaks to a philosophical world vision. It speaks to, um, and, and I think it's, it's much more than Ubuntu um, personhood. It is the way that we have populated that personhood. So the kind of ideas that we have about the sun and the moon, our cosmologies, um, the way that we have identified ourselves as beings in relation to others, the way that we identify ourselves linguistically and culturally. But there are so many ways of being African 
African. One of the, there's, a, there's a warmth, a kindness, a humanity, and a sense of survival, which is probably one of the marks of, of African hood. Um, and and, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's almost a sense in which, a sense of resilience, which due to the, the extent to which we have been oppressed, um, the, the extent to which we've been marginalized in global discourses, that somehow um, this resistance to being disappeared, this resistance to being obliterated, that perhaps is part of the essence of this African hood or African essence. And, and and just speaking about that and and that resistance to this obliteration, you know, um, it, it it speaks to our Africanness once again. But mm. even in that sense, do we have a choice about this Africanness that we have? So it's a way of being. I mean, I think that when when we think about ourselves. One thing, my, my suggestion to us is that we don't really have a choice, but what we have choices about is how we frame it, um, how we identify and relate to being African people in the multiple complex ways that we choose to be. Uh, and, and one way is that we, I, I, w- I wish that we would firstly begin to dislocate and de-link ourselves from a colonial imagination. So even our framing of, uh, you know, that the, the world, the world, the African world in inverted commerce begins and ends and it's framed in colonial terms. So the post-colonial era, um, the pre-colonial era and the intra-colonial era. The colonial era was only about um, a couple of hundred years in total. And yet Africanness, the African continent, African civilizations go back for thousands, thousands, tens of thousands of years. So I think that the, the one thing that we, can, that, we should be, what, that we should do in resisting is to begin to delink ourselves from the idea that everything begins and ends the day that Jan van Riebeck or Vasco da Gama or, or, or Cecil B. Rhodes stepped on this continent. And I think in so doing, that in, in, that, that, that's a choice of how we frame our African hood. Mm. And, and, and just speaking of that, um, on this African continent, we have a legacy of whiteness and um, a history that we are not mm-hmm. very proud of. But I can imagine on a day like today, perhaps some um, white people feeling, you know, pretty uncomfortable because you don't quite know, you know, what you should do uh, without being accused of cultural appropriation. So how do mm-hmm. white uh, people, white uh, South Africans then come into this day and enjoy it with the rest? So um, that's an interesting question. The one thing is certainly not to try to center themselves as part, center themselves as exceptional, um, center themselves as special. And this speaks to a broader question and a broader identity question, which is, which I, my, my argument is that if you're an African person on this continent of several generations, whether you are of European descent, Indian descent, whichever descent, my argument is that by now, surely, you should be able to speak be fluent in one or two African indigenous languages. Secondly, you should be able to do basic things like pronouncing names. You should be able to be conversant with the food. You should be able to have an interaction with the state of, with, the, with this continent without feeling like an ongoing, um, an ongoing spectator. And I think that for me, you know, 
the African mess as a spectator sport or as a opportunistic sport is, is one of the reasons why um, European people don't seem to be, as many European people um, or people of European descent or heritage don't seem to have been able to carve a space for them other than that which reproduces really problematic power relations, colonial power relations, where there's an expectation that they will have um, leadership, you know, economic leadership, social leadership, cultural leadership. Um, and I think if some people have spoken about, you know, this cultural minority, which is actually so numeric minority, which is a cultural majority. And I think that's absolutely true. So I think if, if people are vested in an African identity, the idea that the notion that they are white um, should really not make them feel uncomfortable if their loyalty is to this continent completely.